Section 29 of The Wit and Humor of America, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vin Fizz. How Mr. Terrapin Lost His Beard by Anne Virginia Culbertson the cookhouse stood at some little distance from the big house, and every evening after supper it was full of light and noise and laughter. The light came from the fire on the huge hearth above which hung the crane and the great iron pots which Eliza, the cook, declared were indispensable to the practice of her art. Uh, to be sure, there was a cook stove, but Eliza was wedded to old ways and maintained that there was nothing stove-cooked that could hope to rival the rich and nutty flavor of ash cake or greens by slow and long over the hive with a piece of bacon in the pot. The noise and laughter came from a circle of dusky and admiring friends, for Aunt Liza was a great favorite with everybody on the plantation, and though hunchbacked and homely, had nevertheless had her pick, as she was fond of boasting, of the likeliest-looking men on the place and though she had been twice wedded and twice widowed, aspirants were not wanting for the position now vacant for a third time. Indeed, not long before, a member of the family on going to the cookhouse to see why dinner was so late had discovered one Sam, the burly young ox-cart driver, on his knees, pleading very earnestly with the elderly and humpbacked little cook, while dinner simmered on and on, unnoticed and forgotten. When remonstrated with, she said that she was bleached to have cotton times as well as the rest of folks, and intimated that in, in affairs of the heart these things were apt to happen at any time or place, and that if a gentleman chose an inappropriate moment, it was her fault, and no one could with any show of reason expect her not to pay attention to him. She ruled everybody, her white folks included, though just how she did it no one could say unless she was one of those commanding spirits and born leaders who sometimes appear even in the humblest walks of life. It is possible that her uncommonly strong will compelled the affections of her male admirers, but it is also possible that she condescended to flatter, and it is certain that she fed them well. One night, between supper and bedtime, the children heard the sound of a banjo, proceeding from the cookhouse. They had never ventured into Aunt Liza's domain before, but the plinkety-plunk of the banjo, the sound of padding, and the thud of feet keeping time to the music drew them irresistibly. Aunt Nancy was there in the circle about the embers, as was also her old-time foe, Aunt Frony, and the banjo was in the hands of Tim, a plowboy, celebrated as being the best picker for miles around. Lastly, there were Aunt Liza and her latest conquest, Sam, whose hopes she could not have entirely quenched, or he would not have beamed so complacently on the assembled company. There was a hush as the three little heads appeared in the doorway, but the children begged them to go on, and so Tim picked away for dear life, and Sam did a wonderful double shuffle with the pigeon wing thrown in. Then Tim sang a plantation song about Cindy Ann that ran something like this. 
Night's gone down to Richmond, I'll tell you what it's for. I've gone down to Richmond for to try and end this war. And you goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. Goodbye, Cindy Ann. And you goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. I's going to wrap a hand. Now I ain't married, poor guy, I'll tell you the reason why her neck's so long and skinny. It's fed she never die. And you goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. Goodbye, Cindy Ann, and you goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. I was going to wrap a hand. I won't marry a rich gal, i tell you the reason why. Because she dipped with so much snuff, her mouth is never dry. And you goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. Goodbye, Cindy Ann, and you goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. I was going to wrap a hand. I'd rather marry a young gal, an apple in her hand, and a marry a widow with a house and a lot of land. And you goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. Oh, goodbye, Cindy Ann. Goodbye, Cindy, Cindy. I was going to wrap a hand. At the reference to a witty, he winked at the others and looked significantly at Sam and Aunt Liza. Then he declared it was the turn of the ladies to amuse the gentlemen. Aunt Nancy and Aunt Frony cried, Hey, go away, man. What can we all do? Don't too old for foolishness. Leave that to the gals. But Liza was not inclined to leave the entertainment of gentlemen to gals, whom she declared to be, for the most part, worthless trundle-bed trash. Come on, sis Frony, you too, sis Nancy, said she. At the reference to a witty, he winked at the others and looked significantly at Sam and Aunt Liza. Then he declared it was the turn of the ladies to amuse the gentlemen. Aunt Nancy and Aunt Frony cried, Yes, go away, man. What can we all do? Don't too old for foolishness. Leave that to the gals. But Liza was not inclined to leave the entertainment of gentlemen to gals, whom she declared to be, for the most part, worthless trundle-bed trash. Come, come on, sis, sis Frony, and you too, sis Nancy, said she. You know as dying no person on the place can beat you before in the matter of telling tales. I ain't never have the knack myself, but I knows a good tale when I hears it, and I've been getting myself fixed for one ever since you combed in. The children added their petitions, seconded by Tim and Sam. Aunt Nancy looked as if she were feeling around in the dusk of half-forgotten things for a dimly-remembered story, perceiving which the nimbler-witted Aunt Frony made haste to say that she believed she knew a story which might please the company if they were not too hard to suit. They politely protested that such was far from being the case, whereupon she began the story of how the terrapin lost his beard. <laughs> snorted Aunt Nancy, never hear tell of a terrapin with a beard. Look here, woman, said Frony. Who telling this, me or you? I suppose I was talking about little old no-count tabbins they had these days. No, no, sir, I was telling about the old-time tabbin, what was a great chief and a big fighter, and whom some of other creatures come round and try to pay him back. He just drawed his head in his shell, and there he was. Now, this ain't your, your old nigger tale, neither. This your old Injun tale, where my daddy done told me when I was no bigger than Miss Janey. He said that sides in the, the beard, the turban had big wattles hanging down beneath his chin, just like the turkey gobblers has these days. Him and Mr. William uh, Will Turkey was mighty good friends them times, and Turkey, he thought Tappan was a monstrous good-looking man. 
he used to make great admiration and say, Mr. Tarry Long Tarpin, you certainly is a handsome man. There ain't no other creature in these parts got such a beard, and Waddles is what you is. Then Tarpin, he stroked down the beard and swell out the Waddles and say, Show, show, oh, Mr. Tuck, you don't praise these you hit more what there's worth. But all the same, he was mightily pleased, for there's nothing like a little bit of flattery for idling up the joints and making folks limbersome in their feelings. Turkey get to thinking so much about the beard and the waddles that seemed to him as if he can't get long no hours lessen he have some for himself. Case in them days, the gobblers ain't have none. He study and he study, but he can't see why he can get em, and the more he study, the more he hone after em. Alas, he gets so sharp set after them that he ain't care how he get em, just so he get em, and then he make up his mind he gon' take em away from Tarpin. So one day, when he met up with him in the road, he stop him and bob his head and make his manners mighty politely, and he say, says he, Moan him, Mr. Tarry Long, moan him. How you come on this day? I ain't had to ax you, though, cause you done look so sprucy with your bed or come out and your waddles puff up. I, I wish, sir, you, you let me put em on for a moment, so I can see if I becomes em as good as what you does. Old man Toppin mighty easy going, accommodating, so he say, Why, certainly, Mr. Turkey, you can take em and welcome for a while's. So Turkey, he puts him on, and moses down to the branch to look at himself in the water. Hoo-wee, says he to himself, ain't I the caution in these year fixings? I's sorry for the gals now. I certainly is. Case what with my shape and this year beard and waters, there gwine be some shown of heart smashing round these diggings, you hear me say so? Then he goes strutting back, shaking the beard and swelling put the waddles and jest moan, stepping high and prancing while he sing, Hey, clear out the way for old Dan Tucker, he's too late to get your supper. Then he says, says he, Mr. Tarpin, please, sir, to let me keep these here. I believe I becomes and moan what you does, cause my neck so long and thin seems like I need him to set it off more on what you does with that short little neck of yawn while you keep stuck weighing your shell half the time anyways. Besides than that, you is such a runt that you's long dragging the beard on the ground and fuss you knows you, you know it's bleached to be wore out. You best let me have it cause I can take good care of it. Then Tarpin say, says he, I like to accommodate you, Mr. Turkey, but I ain't see how I can. I done got so used to running my fingers through the beard and spitting over it when I was sitting around thinking and talking that I, I don't know how I can do without it. And I, I can't get long nohow without swelling up the waters when I get touched in my feelings. Besides that, I, I can take care of the beard if I is a runt. I've been doing it a good while. And, and she ain't wore out yet, so please, sir, to hand me over my fixings. Well, not whilst I got any wind left in me for running, says the turkey, says he. And with that, he went a-scootin' old man, tapping after him hot foot. They went scrabbling up the mountains and down the mountains, and twas pull dick, pull devil for a while. They can't need a one of em climb up very fast, but when they get to the top, turkey, he fly down and top, and he just naturally turn over and roll down. But turkey get to start and keep hit. When Toppin rolled to the bottom of a mountain, he then he see Turkey at the top of the next one. 
dey keep it up dis way cross four ridges and last top and he plumb wore out and he see he won't gwine catch up at that rate so he gin up for dat day then he gone hunt up the conjurers and ax em for to help em he say y'all know dat beard and wattles of mine well i don't loan em to mr william will turkey cause he was my friend and he done ax me to and now he turn out to be no count trash and what i gwine do you been knowin i is a slow man and if i can't git some help i had to say good-bye to beard and wattles what a conjurer's aunt fronty said ned well now honey said she i don't know as i can just rightly tell you but they's what the injuns call medicine in man and and they doctors the sick folks and helps the hunters to get game and the gals to get bows and put spells on folks and make em do just about what they want em to do and, and so these yer conjurers they go off by themselves and has a confab and then they come back and tell mr tarpin that they reckon they done fix mr tucky this time what you done with em says he we ain't catch em they says we left that for you that ain't our business but we done fix em up so as you can do the catching yourself but what has you done to him then says he son they says we don't put a lot of little bones in his legs and that gwine slow him up mightily and we pens on you to do the rest cause we knows that you's a great chief then top him amble along about his business and neither stop nor rest until he met up with turkey once more he acts for his beard models again but turkey just turned and stepped out from that Toppin after him but seemed like the conjurers thought mr Toppin was faster than he was uh, or that mr turkey's slower than what he was cause toppin ain't never catch up with him yet and what's more the toppins is still doing without beards and waddles and the goblins is still wearing em and swellin round showin off to the gals steppin as high if them little bones what the country's put there want still in their legs and struttin like they were sayin to every person they meets hey clear out the way old down tucker you too late to get your supper End of How Mr. Terrapin Lost His Beard Recording by Vin Fizz